I came home when the stores closed, two hours after sunset. I was wet, cold, tired, and late for supper. I found the maestro in his favorite red velvet chair, dangerously close to the fireplace, with his nose inside a book. As always, he was wearing his black physician's gown. The straggly hair dangling under his hat shone silver in the candlelight. Cinnabar, I said, setting the packets in a row on my side of the big desk. Birthwort, Hellbore, Railgar, Aconite, Nux Vomica, and Powdered Stibnite. Two ducats, five soldi. I counted out the change. No dried virgin's glove? Not a speck of it in the city. Old Girolamo says he hasn't carried it in ten years. Yes, I added before he could ask. I checked every herbalist in Venice and every apothecary. I even tried the Ghetto Nuovo. He grunted. You paid too much. That was the real gar. It's a good piece. Make a nice pennant on a lady's breast. I put the coins in the secret drawer where we kept the petty cash. He sniffed disapprovingly. His disposition had clearly not improved while I was out. Go and get dry. You have work to do tonight. I said, Yes, master, politely, and headed off to my room. By the time I was toweled and dressed, the Angeli family had returned from the wedding. Giorgio, Mama, and their current brood. I ate in the kitchen, where the children's excited jabber and two helpings of Mama Angeli's excellent Sardoni alla Greca soon restored my normal good humor. I strolled back along to the atelier to learn what my master wanted of me, wondering whether I would get any sleep at all. You think an astrologer's apprentice is accustomed to staying awake all night to aim cross-staffs and quadrants at the stars? Then you are wrong. Because the celestial science is pursued by day, with pen and paper at a desk, calculating aspects and ascendants from ephemerides. I admit I sometimes have to waste valuable sleeping time up on the roof recording the maestro's observations of comets and other meteoric phenomena, but not often. Besides, that night the rain would have blinded us. I do not mean that he never keeps me up to ungodly hours. He does. Seeming to need almost no sleep himself, he loses track of time. He may spend a long evening instructing me in arcane lore until I am cross-eyed and all reasonable men have gone off to bed, and then decide to dictate lengthy letters to correspondents all over Europe. When that happens, he is quite capable of keeping going until dawn. I, on the other hand, do enjoy my sleep. When I stay up all night by choice, it is for pleasure, not business." I was surprised to find the big room deserted and dark. The fire dwindled to embers. The maestro had said he had work for me, but there were no written instructions on the desk. He had not just gone to the privy because he had doused all the lamps except a single candle, but that one stood on the slate-topped table holding the great globe of rock crystal that he uses for prophecy. It had been draped in its usual velvet cover when I was there earlier. But that had now been removed, revealing four lines of text scrawled on the slate itself. Now I understood his curdled mood. Clairvoyance is exhausting and drains him. He had not had time to go into trance while I was changing and eating, so he had done it while I was out. 
I wondered if he had sent me off on that wild, drenching trek around the apothecary's shops just to keep me out of his way. But that seemed unnecessarily callous even for him. One of my many duties is to copy out his prophecies in a legible hand, for his writing is atrocious at the best of times and execrable when he is foreseeing. I fetch two lamps, my writing implements, and the big book of prophecies. Transcription proved unusually easy, which implied that the events it foretold were near at hand. I had known him to produce much worse cacography and was confident that I was reading it correctly. Nevertheless, when I covered the table, I left the writing in place so he could approve my reading in the morning. When death puts up death upon a vain course, the serene one moves and is unmoved. Wisdom has departed and silence is deserted, so the brave Riddler must guard the treasure.'